All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hate to break the fishing news up, Gramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down, Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Hello and welcome in to episode 211 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Rumtruck. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Japa Machinery. They are Edmonton's spot for big machinery. They should be your spot for big machinery if you need it. Head over to their Instagram as well. It is a great spot, at Japa Machinery. The other day when I posted that we would not be doing a podcast on Monday, I said, in the meantime, go look at the sweep pictures of big machines at Japa. I meant to say sweet pictures of big machines at Japa. That one's on me. Anyways, bring in the only person who decided to show up early in this podcast, Begged Milk. How's it going? Everybody still recovering from the weekend, man. Yeah. Long weekend just kind of derails everything, does it? It, it absolutely does. Uh, you said you're out at the lake a little bit? Yeah. The nice part about going to the lake for me is where I go. It's just, it's near Alberta Beach, okay. but it's in a spot where, uh, you don't really get much cell coverage, so you just kind of have to go back to life in the 90s, man. No phone, just relax, chill, watch the fire, drink some beers. It was lovely. What would you get up to? Uh, I had a couple fantasy football drafts, including the Nation Real Life and Friends fantasy football podcast with uh, Brad Stepanko. John C. is in there, Electronic Jordan, all the usual cast of characters, Nation Dan, myself, uh, Ryan, Mercs, Chalmers. It's a loaded It's a loaded crew, so I did that uh last night, but I'm jealous of you. There is nothing I love more than a good weekend at the lake. Like waking up, one, I find I never really sleep in as well. I'm always like excited to get up early when I'm out at, out at a lake. 
like seven. I mean, granted that's sleeping in for some people, but for me, it's not seven, seven thirty. You wake up, you go sit outside, sit by the water. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. For me, it was just kind of like the nice part was it was just wake up whenever you wake up and then start your day, cook some stuff on the fire, crack a beer for breakfast because <laughs> it's the long weekend and you can't tell me not to. Yeah. And, uh, there's yeah, basically well, he was, no he was clock, right? Like, there's no need to no, ever look at the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Life just kind of slows down a little bit. And it was nice to unplug and recharge and just kind of come back, ready to talk some betting. Because I got to tell you, we got Scott Hastings coming yeah. on from Oddshark right away. I need help. I'm looking at my uh, my sports book here, Tyler. And my last, one, two, three, four, five, six, my, I only won one of my last six bets. So I need Scott's help. Fair enough. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the NHL Conference Finals with Scott. Maybe there's a chance for you to make some money back there. And also, football season's coming, and there is no sport where betting is bigger than in football. If you're listening to this and you're like, where the hell is everyone else? Why is it just you, Ramchuk, and Bag Milk? Uh, Wanye has a meeting today, so he's not coming. Real life gets in the way of real life sometimes. Chalmers said, and I quote, Fuck it. If I'm there, I'm there. So we have no clue if Chalmers is just going to pop in at any point in this podcast. Jay is shooting a video for Oodle Noodle right now. So we'll talk Mm -hmm. to him about that. But he'll likely join us after we talk to Scott Hastings. And I think Josh Park might be on the podcast today since him and Jay were shooting a video together. So I think that might be happening a little bit later as well. Um, But we're going to talk. I'm probably going to talk to Jay and Josh a little fantasy football as well. We're, of course, going to talk about Big Brother. We're going to talk about some Oilers, some NHL. Um, I wrote this down mainly just to tell you, did you see what Billboard named as the song of the summer bag milk? No, hit hit me. Rockstar by DaBaby. Oh, how can you argue it? His stock continues to rise. Like that guy, he is on every hit. Like if you go to Spotify and you go to like the Hip Hop Central playlist or like Hot Hits Canada, you go like 10, 10 songs in. There's like three featuring DaBaby or by DaBaby directly. Yeah, and you're 100% right. You and I are both huge DaBaby fans. fans, so no surprise. Rockstar, everybody was playing it. It was all over TikTok. It was all over Instagram. He is hotter than a pistol. But I'll tell you, though, Uremchuk, I don't know if you downloaded Big Sean's new album that just came out on Friday. Another solid hip-hop album. Big Sean, like... He is a, well, this is going to sound weird. He's a big name, but sometimes he almost gets lost because he's not, he doesn't have like the commercial success of like Drake or Kendrick Lamar. Like he's not that big of a name, but he's not in like the underground hip hop kind of scene. But man, he consistently, like the lyrics and all that, he's top of the charts. Like he's good. This is where Wanya, we need Wanya on the podcast where he doesn't have actual like businessman things to do. So we can talk some hip hop. Yeah. 100%. I remember when we. Shout out to. I'm going to take a note for my uh, hot and cold performer for Oilers Nation Radio on Friday. That probably DaBaby getting a song of the summer. You know, I'm probably going to steal that. So don't steal it from me. I remember the episode of Real Life where we basically just talked about that uh, Wu-Tang Clan documentary for like 35 minutes. It was the best. Those were the best. I would love another hip-hop documentary like that. Like a deep dive like that. Yeah, yeah. What are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? Uh, Me and my girlfriend watch a lot of sitcoms. So... How I Met Your Mother is the one we're going through right now. I've seen all of the big name sitcoms, um, so but she never had. So I went through and we watched them all, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Office, doing How I Met Your Mother. We did Parks and Rec as well. Um, so right now we're working our way through How I Met Your Mother, and it's pretty much just that in sports for me. Like every night, there's three games, three four games on that I'm like paying close attention to. So 
from five o'clock onwards, I'm pretty much just watching sports. So I was, like I said, I was, I was basically checked out all weekend. What do we got going on here in, uh, in hockey right now? Well, uh, the game that the replays on Sportsnet right now as we're recording this podcast, Tampa Bay beat the absolute piss out of the New York Islanders yesterday. And I honestly think that series, if it gets to five, if it gets past five games, I'll be stunned. I just think the Lightning are so good. And I think the Islanders are a little bit worn down from having to play some really tight series early on. But fuck, this Lightning <laughs> team is unreal. They put a Tampa, I see, I'm looking at this now, Tampa put up a converted touchdown and a rouge. Yeah. They put up uh, all eight, a snowman on the Islanders. And after the game, like some of the questions being thrown at the Lightning, and they just kept coming back to like, we know our job's not done. We know that the Islanders are a good team. This was a one-off. We're not going to beat them this easily every game. And it just feels like they're so locked in to not just winning games, but they're locked into beating the hell out of their opposition. I don't see a team beating the Lightning right now. What about uh, Dallas-Vegas? What happened there? Uh, game one was actually super boring. I had it on in the background while I was doing a fantasy football draft, and it never really caught my attention much. Um, it oh, was, I and, see one big yeah. one big goal, a first-period goal, and then nothing. And then nothing. Um, I, oh, my I goodness. still think, though, like I have money on Vegas winning that series in six games or sooner, and I'm honestly not even too worried about that bet not hitting. I think Vegas is the better team. It's just a matter of time before they start racking up a couple wins here. Yeah, I, I I would also bet on uh, on Vegas in that one, I think. Although, it would be interesting to hear what Scott has to say about yeah. it because is it worth, like for a team like Tampa, like this is going to be my rookie question, I think. Is it worth it to put money on Tampa based on, like I'm looking at his article up at mm-hmm. Odd Chart today, is it worth putting money on Tampa with the odds not, I mean, everybody expects them to win. Yeah. Or is the risk just not worth it? So I'm curious what Scott says about it as my rookie question of the week. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring in Scott in a couple of minutes. One other thing that came out of the NHL today is a little bit of, you know, dates being finalized for the offseason. So the mm-hmm. draft is now being moved up. It's going to be a midweek thing this year. So the draft is going to be October. It's 7th and 8th or 6th and 7th, I believe. A Tuesday, Wednesday is going to be the NHL draft. And then free agency is going to start like pretty much right after that on the ninth um it'll be fun for us who work as content creators to have the draft in the middle of the week like that'll make our lives easier for a few days there uh when it comes to free agency though uh do you think like how active do you think the Oilers are going to be is there a splash for them to make or do you think it's i i look at their team i don't even see how they could sign more fringe guys like i think it's probably they're probably going to keep their hands pretty dry in my opinion Probably, I think so, but I also would not be surprised if Holland, because I, I wrote about it on Sunday at Oilers Nation, that I think that there's going to be sillier trades than normal. So yeah. maybe this is the time where he can kind of dump a chase on for picks and not have to you know, hold any salary back. So yeah. maybe there's going to be some of that kind of stuff, because you're right, looking at puckpedia.com right now, they have about 8.3, give or take, to get everything they need to do done, which is not a lot of room. Because Ethan Bear needs a new deal. Uh, Pooley Arvey is going to be cheap, but he needs one. Um, they need a goaltender. You know, So there's a lot of work to do with very limited space. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Ken Holland navigates it. But again, the Oilers aren't the only ones in this boat. So I think there's going to be more movement than maybe we expect. But uh, the teams that actually have cap space, they're the ones that hold all the cards here. 
Yeah, we'll call this our appetizer for the Oilers talk because I know Jay and Josh, if they join the podcast a little later on, are going to have some takes on the free agency stuff, who could be moved. We're going to talk maybe a little Yessa Puglia-Yarvi as well. So we'll get to all of that in a few minutes. But for now, let's bring in our betting expert from Odd Shark. He is Scott Hastings. And of course, if you haven't been to Odd Shark, it's where you need to go. Sports information, if you're going to bet, you might as well be educated while you're doing it. They got numbers. They got the supercomputer, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL. Find the info you need at Odd Shark. And there is Scott Hastings. Scott, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. What's shaking this week? Oh, not much. What would you do on the long weekend? Did you, like, bag milk, get out to a lake? Uh, no, I was uh, I was actually working this weekend, but I did get a, a round of 18 in, so that was uh, successful. Putting the labor in Labor Day. That's huh? right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little NFL, because that's get, that gets going this weekend. Like, okay, I'll save that question, but I want to talk some NHL first. Uh, let's start with the Western Conference final since it's the one being played tonight. We just kind of touched on it. A very boring game one, which was surprising considering these two teams. Like I expected Dallas Vegas to be just as exciting as Dallas Colorado and game one really wasn't. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise because I was thinking we almost got the inverse to jump to the Eastern Conference as well that we got like a high scoring shootout in that one. Well, not really a shootout, but like a high scoring affair in that one and a one nothing bit of a snooze fest in the West. It was a little bizarre. I was I was expecting much of the same, like you're yeah. saying, that maybe the inverse of those, but how evenly matched did Vegas and Dallas look, which was sort of intriguing. I only caught the last third period, or I guess the only third period. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty competitive. Vegas dominated the last 10, 15 minutes of it for sure. But uh, I thought it was a little surprising with Flurries getting the nod over Lane, Laner, but yeah. perhaps that was just a bit of a workload. You know, we had some longer games there, uh, but I think they're back to Laner tonight. So, pretty interesting. Yeah. So, how much did the series line kind of shift on that? Because I know Vegas were were favorites heading into that, but have things sort of changed now with Dallas up one nothing? Yeah. No. Uh, so Vegas still remains the favorite, although the line has. Uh, Titan now, I believe I did it earlier this afternoon. I believe Vegas was in around the minus 150 mark and Dallas coming back about plus 115. That line opened, I believe Vegas was closer to a two to one favorite, minus 220 ish, uh, with Dallas coming back around 180, plus 180. So the line is tightened, but Vegas still remains the favorite after game one. Out east, you touched on it a little bit. Tampa Bay, as I said earlier in the podcast, they beat the piss out of the New York Islanders last night. It was not particularly close for any point of that hockey game. I think that trend's going to continue. Like, I think the Lightning are doing this thing in four or five games. Uh, I think the sports books are kind of agreeing with me as well because I see a minus 650 next to Tampa Bay in this series. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting going into that one. I thought... Just because we saw Tampa Bay struggle with Columbus last year and this year a little bit, I wondered if the Islanders, who are, in my opinion, a better version of Columbus, yeah. if they would cause Tampa Bay to have some issues. But that Tampa Bay just rolled them. Uh, you, you know, you said it perfectly. Beat the piss out of them. It was that was that was a that looked. I don't know. I didn't, didn't look like playoff game. They absolutely yeah. smoked them. Uh, and, you know, 10 points between Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's going to win me my hockey pool, I hope. So uh, keep keep putting the buck in the net, boys. So, Scott, my, uh, I want to I stick on that series for a second. My rookie question for you this week is I'm looking at your article up at oddshark.com. 
Tampa's got the minus 650 by it. For a guy like me, when they're so heavily favored like that, does it make any sense to put money on them to you? Or is the risk just not worth the reward in a scenario like that? Yeah, it's a good question. Especially, that's a good rookie question too. It all depends on sort of what you're putting down for a wager. Sure, if you're betting $1,000 a game, minus 650 doesn't seem that bad. But if you're a $10 better or a $5 better, you know, minus 650, it's just not really worth your time. Because, uh, you know, a return on a $10 investment, you're going to get two bucks or whatever. So if they, in the event that they lose, the, the risk just doesn't warrant the, uh, the wager, if that makes sense. So if, it, it basically comes down to what your, your unit size is. And that goes for regular games too. If you're a $100 better, you may take a minus 300 favorite and that wouldn't seem crazy. Uh, but you may not do that as a $10 better because again, the value just doesn't seem appropriate. That makes sense. It does, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was before you jumped on. I was telling Tyler that my last handful of bets have not gone my way. <laughs> I was doing, I was getting in some props. They weren't going my way. I was doing some shot totals. Like as an example, I bet on the over for shot totals of Vancouver and uh, Vegas in their last game, and it just did not come anywhere close. So if you're looking at the rookies like me, where do you like putting your money? What do you kind of, what are you kind of thinking there? Yeah. So shot totals is that's that's a brutal bet. That's really really tough. Yeah. I would not recommend ever taking that bet because <laughs> there's just no consistency of it. So I would avoid that at all costs. Uh, period betting, I've had some pretty good success. That Islanders under a goal and a half hit in now 14 of 17, I believe, or 13 of 17. So that like that's a sharp one. Um, so basically, it, as a novice better, I would stick to just your basics. Get your feet wet, get a few wins on your belt, and then – Instead of like shots, because that's again, that's a real, that's a crap shoot. That's really tough. Uh, I'd go more for a player points um, oh. prop. You're going to get a better value. So you're going to get, you know, for example, if, if Boston's playing, you get Brad Marchand over a point and a half at plus 120. So that one, yeah, it's it's a difficult, difficult one to cap, but your value is much better because if you go over under on total shots, it's probably minus 110 on both sides. Yeah. So it's a crapshoot and your value isn't there. So I'd much rather take something with a little more juice that you might be able to cap a little better. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, switching gears to the NFL a little bit, my excitement level for, for kind of like all the sports and the people who have been listening to the podcast for the last few months will kind of get it. Like for the couple months leading up to the NHL season, I was kind of like, meh, it's not going to be the same. I'm not sure if it'll be as exciting. Will the players be as into it? And then a week before, sort of when we got the exhibition games going and all that, something clicked. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be the best thing ever. It was the same thing with baseball for me. And it's kind of been the same thing with NFL football, where for the last couple months, I've just kind of been like, eh, usually I spend, you know, an hour a day listening to fantasy football podcasts. I'm studying, doing all this stuff. This year, like a week ago, I hadn't done any research. But then this weekend, I did a couple of drafts. I'm setting up a survivor pool I do for my buddies, and I am like fully ready to go. I got a case of beer and a thing of orange juice ready for Sunday morning. Have you felt your excitement level kind of waver a little bit when it comes to these sports coming back just because of that like uncertainty of what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I had my first draft uh, two weeks ago, and I completely forgot about it until our group chat was like, 
so three o'clock work for everyone? I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I've got to <laughs> figure something through there on Friday. So I slapped together a draft and we'll see how that works out. But uh, I never had that feeling of, will the games be competitive or not? You know, I had a, a good buddy of mine, he's a big sports fan, and he said he wasn't going to watch sports because the fans are there. And I'm like, do you pay more attention to the fans than to do the games? Because that's an issue in my opinion. Um, so I, I think the games are going to be really competitive. I think what's really interesting about this week one is the no preseason games. Yeah. That's, that's really intriguing to me because you can say you're going all out against your first team offense and first team defense. But you're not going all out. Like, let's get serious here. You're you're not going to go. You're not going to smoke your quarterback. You're not going to smoke your running back. So it's going to be interesting. Some of these rookies uh, getting their first taste of helmet there uh, week one. Yeah, it'll be fascinating here in week one. And the NFL, we talked about this, I think, three weeks ago. But it's king when it comes to betting, right? Like, there's no sport that does any more than football. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, NFL is number one, and then NBA. NBA is really close behind, but uh, yeah, football is just—it's just a monster, and they've leaned right into it. They're the, like fantasy football is just gigantic compared to fantasy hockey or fantasy basketball. Like, sure, people still do leagues, but it's nowhere as close to the amount of people that do fantasy football. And all weeks of life, you get guys' wives involved, you get their kids involved. You know. It, it, it can be just fun leagues. It can be competitive with a thousand dollar buy in. It's it's it, it ranges from everything, and that's what makes it so enjoyable. I think, especially up here in Canada, where there isn't you know obviously an NFL team to root for, like in the NBA, everyone you know just kind of gravitates towards the Raptors. In the MLB, it's the Blue Jays. Up here in Canada, I find like especially like reading the text line at the radio station at work, there are people who they love the NFL and they don't have a favorite team. Their favorite team is their fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great, uh, and that's good because you can have a lot of players from a, a yeah. lot of different teams. Uh, you know, I, I obviously have a favorite team from both the AFC and NFC, but for sure, if my teams are are, are horrible, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So yeah. there's been a few dark years there when Tony got injured. <laughs> uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, he had the ankle injury and then the back injury, uh, and they I think they went two and two oh, and fourteen. That it was season. lean. But I was still in on the, uh, I was watching every game because my fantasy team was still alive. So, yeah, I, I think that that does bring a little more enjoyment. And that sort of can go to betting as well. If you got, even if you've got a dollar on uh, just a random prop, people are more invested to watch the game just on that little bit of action that they want the final score to end up being even, not on. You know, just something yeah. foolish. That's, that's how I get my fiance to watch the Sunday Nighter with me is I'll open up the prop bets and I'll just be like, just pick five or six random bets here and I'll throw some money on it. And she gets enjoyments when team wins the first, you know, first play. Is it going to be a rush or a pass? I get, yeah, whatever, throw five bucks on it. If she wins, congratulations. If not, I won't talk to her until next game. So. <laughs> Uh, as from a, I know bag milk is usually one asking the rookie questions here, but for someone who's listening to this, who has never bet on the NFL and they go, you know what? I'm in on the hype this year. I know it's going to be one of the only things on TV come fall. Give us sort of the, the beginner's guide to betting on the NFL. What are some popular ones? What are some different ones here? Yeah. So the most popular one would be spread betting. So of course that's, uh, that's to even out a game where, a team should be better than the other team. For example, the Patriots with Tom Brady would be 
favorite over Miami, but they might be favored at like minus 700 back in the day because the Pats were just so much dominant over the Dolphins. So what they'll do is books will put a line such as minus 10 and a half plus 10 and a half. And what that means is you'll take the final score and the favorite will take 10 points away from their final score, whatever the spread is, or you add 10 points to the underdog. And if that team ends up winning, you win your bet. So that's a very common one. And it's a good introduction to sort of the next level of betting. But if you're just first year betting on NFL, stick to the money line or the total. Do you think the total is going to go over a set amount of points or under, or just who's going to win the game? And at that point, you're not really worrying about what your return is going to be on your odds and stuff. Just keep it basic, get a few wins on your belt, and then you can start keep an eye on the spread when you make your money line bet. So sure, you took the Pats to win the Dolphins, but just keep in the back of your mind, oh, did they win by 10 and a half points? Oh, they did. Oh, I could have bet on that and made more money. It's just one of those things that I think you slowly dip your toe into the point spread better. Good stuff. Uh, Scott, as always, actually, no, quickly before we let you go, uh, one bet that you like this week coming up in the NFL. Is there one that you're looking at and going, yeah, that's a juicy one? Yeah, there's two if I could. I'll I'll go with, uh, I got to go with the Cowboys. I'm throwing one in here. I like the over in that game with the Cowboys and Rams. I think that's going to be a big shootout. Uh, Lots of fun Sunday nighter and all the weapons on Dallas this year. I think it's set at 52 right now. I think that goes over. And the Bears, the Bears, uh, plus two and a half. I'm going to take them to win outright. Um, that defense is awfully scrappy. And Mitch Trubisky had a bad year last year. But I think with a little bit of heat behind him there with Nick Foles in the, the mix, I think we're going to see a better Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, yeah, I, I like the Bears to cover and outright win as two and a half dogs. Perfect. I am writing these down, and we will hold you <laughs> accountable next week, Scott. Um, hey, I, I gave you guys an Islanders one nothing there, so take it easy on me. That was plus three, whatever it was, so oh, go yeah. on here. Listening <laughs> to Scott, we are definitely in the plus money so far. Uh, as always, appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Take care, guys. Have fun. Thanks, Scott. All right, there you go. That's Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. If you're thinking of getting into NFL betting, head over to Odd Shark. Uh, Joe Osborne's been doing some really great stuff there as well. Uh, he's a guy who I talk to every week on the radio and he's he's wicked smart as well with his first quarter first half stuff so check out odd shark they got a ton of great stuff in there they got their supercomputer for every game which gives you a projected score nfl season gets going thursday they're predicting a 41 to 10 victory for the kansas city Chiefs. so an absolute blowout there uh degenerate bag milk is nfl betting in your future i didn't think so until i was just listening to scott kind of walk through some of the bets and you know i might dabble I might dabble. I would be one of those guys, Tyler, that I don't necessarily have a team allegiance. Uh, in high school, I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which right now would be super convenient to get back yeah. on that bandwagon. But like, um, yeah, I just I might because, like you said, it might be one of the only things on TV. And I love sports, and I love the idea of just throwing a dollar around or a couple of dollars around, and that sounds fun to me. Yeah, I'm I'm like I said in that interview there, I'm ready to go for NFL season. I'm keeping I convinced my girlfriend to let me keep the two TV set up in our living room. So I'm gonna be watching two games at once. I'm gonna be betting on probably all of them as well. It's gonna be a ton of fun. I know Jay and Chalmers are really big into the NFL football scene as well. So we are probably going to dig into that. Uh well, probably weekly. Let's not kid ourselves. That's gonna be one of the big topics. How is 
How's the NFL working this year? Is it are they doing kind of like baseball and flying around, or what are they doing? Bro, there are NFL owners who are letting fans in the building. Get out! Oh yeah, like I I think the Miami Dolphins were the first. Miami, <laughs> yeah, I think they said like, yay, when uh, and of course it's Florida, right? So of course, hell yeah, yeah, America. Uh, but I, how many are they're not doing capacity? No, no, like no. That. So I'm googling it now on the fly. Uh, Miami Dolphins and the University of Miami Hurricanes announced that they will allow 13,000 fans at the Hard Rock Stadium for their home openers. And I think it's just a matter of time before more teams are following suit there. Like 13,000 people? Yeah. Like I know these pla- I know these buildings hold 60, 70, 80,000 or whatever it is, but like what are we doing here? <laughs> How about this for an idea? I had a guy text into the radio station today and go, he the, this was the exact text. He goes, Oilers Commonwealth Stadium. I'll let you guys discuss. And I was like, what are you what are you even talking about? And he goes, next season, I think the Oilers should play every game at Commonwealth to allow for the maximum amount of fans to watch with social distancing. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, do you think the Oilers should play every game outdoors? And he was like, why not? I just think that's ridiculous. But <laughs> Well, does he, like I mean, does, I, I'm worried that this gentleman has amnesia and forgets what it's like in February and January. Do you know what I mean? Even the Heritage Classic, that was in November in 2003, and it was minus 9 million degrees. So I don't know about that one. Can you imagine and, if you had a set of tickets for like a Tuesday game, Oilers and Wild in January, and it's like minus Yeah, nobody's 30. going. No one's going. But here's the thing. I went to the Heritage Classic in Winnipeg a few years ago. There's also the angle that it's not that great to watch a hockey game in a football stadium. It is not. You can't. can't you can barely see anything. I remember from where I was sitting, and I was reasonably close. I had probably, I would say, a third of the ice near the boards near me that I couldn't see anything at all. So I was watching the screens most of the time. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Like, So let's say the NFL season kind of goes here, and at some point towards the end, they have half of the teams playing with 13,000 people allowed in the stadium. I wonder how if that would have any effect on the NHL going into next season because we're here. I mean, that, you would have to, right? Like we're hearing the players don't have really want to go into the bubble again. So could we get a scenario in the NHL? It's a gig-driven league. As much as they hate when they when people say that, it is. They don't have the billion-dollar TV or the multi-billion-dollar TV deals behind them. So I wonder if there could be a scenario January one where we're going to hockey games again. Maybe, but like, I also wonder, like I, I, you know, the players don't want to go in the bubble and I get all that, but like at the same point, there's a bunch of lower tiered NHLers that once those paychecks don't start coming in, then they'd probably very quickly change their mind. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean the lower tier and even the higher tier guys, like if you're making four or 5 million bucks and, or if you're a pending free agent as well, if you're making that money and all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, I got to go a year without this paycheck and I lose a year off the prime of my career. I, I do agree that I think it could be easier to convince players to go into the bubble for the regular season where they're getting paid than it might have been to uh, do it for the playoffs where they're basically just playing to keep escrow in check. Uh, what do you, if, I, I think it might be, you know, around 50 50 that we're, we're seeing fans in the stands next time the NHL drops the puck in the regular season. But what do you think? In January, do you think we'll see, will there be quote unquote bums in the seats? I don't think so. I just, I just, I, just based on numbers and how things are going, I just, I can't see how I just can't, my mind can't wrap itself around the idea of packing that many people into an enclosed area. 
even if it is a massive building. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, Jay's joining the pod now, so we can ask him about this. Jay, we were talking about the start of the NFL season, how the Miami Dolphins are letting 13,000 socially distanced fans into their arena for the start for their home opener. Do you think that when the puck drops again in the NHL season, there'll be fans in stands? Oh, well, I guess this is going to be an experiment uh, that the NHL will be paying close attention to, but I think the likelihood of success will be very low but say it does succeed maybe it is something you see to some degree but then you're establishing not just tier one fans like ultra tier one fans about who's going to get into the building so yeah that could be also a little dicey yeah actually that's interesting too because you know a team like the oilers their priority would be keeping season ticket holders happy would there ever be a scenario where they're like listen it's only season ticket holders who are getting in the building this year and then, like, I mean, well, there's also the angle, like, how many season ticket holders would be allowed in on any given night? Do you yeah. have to do it like your games are, you know, odd days, your games are even days? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, they may have to make it a lottery or something. As long as it's just fair, I guess. But, like, it's so tough to, like, doesn't matter what you do. You're shooting yourself in, your, in the foot. But it would be nice to have some people back in the building. But safety is a priority. So whatever... Let the NFL jump on that grenade and let's see what that looks like. I also want to announce that I have Josh Park in the car with me, so he's joining us in the podcast today. What's up, Josh? Well, Josh, hey what do you think? But what do you think, buddy? You go, we got we got bums in the seats in January or what? You know what? It's I really agree with Jay when I think it's going to be an experiment depending on how the NFL handles it, and I think that obviously we're not going to see eighteen thousand plus in Rogers Place come puck drop in the next season. I just don't think that's possible at this point. But I do firmly believe that next season, I think there will be fans in seats. It's just a matter of how many, like what the regulation for it's going to be. And if it is indeed just going to be season ticket holders, I hope it is. But I think, I think it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be different depending on, you know, what city you're in. Um, you know, if you're in the States or if you're in Canada. But I think it's going to be a waiting game at this point And we'll see what happens. Like if they can improve the testing so it's, you take the test and you got your results within five minutes. Maybe that's something they can do for everyone entering the building before you go in, you get results, then you're allowed in. Like then you're kind of creating a, you know, a temporary bubble. You know, you do the whole, uh, the, the nose God swab or whatever. And, uh, you know, wait five minutes. Like it sounds like they're making progress there, but there's so many unknowns. So let the NFL make all the mistakes similar to what MLB did by allowing the teams to travel. Uh, and let's uh, let's kind of and then let's let science and technology also kind of uh, see what uh, advancements uh, they can make during this time because I've been re- doing lots of reading on this because COVID, you know, plays a big part in all of our lives. And I'm here, I'm, I'm I'm reading some things, so it's that's a positive. So let's wait and see. The secondary ticket market is already insane when it comes to the Oilers, and it's expensive as hell to go to games. Can you imagine what the secondary market would look like if they only allow 6,000 people in the rink? Oh. Like, you're looking at might probably... Be a good opportunity. It might be a good opportunity to make some money, you know? Yeah, if you, like, win one of these lotteries to get in, and you're just flipping your tickets for what? Like, if it's a big Oilers game and there's only 6,000 people, like, you're probably looking at, what, 1,500 bucks a ticket? If it's a playoff game, it'd be nuts. Yeah, playoff. Oh, geez, a yeah. playoff game would be insane. And it's like, how, ba- how bad do you want to go? Do you want to go or do you want to make that 1,500 bones? I'll take the money over going to an arena in, a, in the middle of a pandemic. I kind of, I don't, 
And I love going to Oilers games, but like I also love watching them on my couch at home. Or, well, if it's safe, I, I'll be happy to be at Campio or the Pint uh, and watching the game there with a bunch of fellow uh, citizens. You can buy a lot of yeah, beer for 1500 bucks. Absolutely. Oh, watch your whole playoff budget if you, if you keep it tight. Do you think they're selling beer at the rink if they open up again? I, oh, think, you, yeah, I think you'd have to have can, some sort can, of food can, and drink. Can. They can still can. No, but I'm thinking, like, if you truly expect people to socially distance and you truly expect people to sit, like, six feet, to, like, six feet apart, like, you know how Oilers games can get. When the beer gets flowing, the Rogers beers, like, do you really think there's going to be any sort of regulation with that? Are they just going to kick people out if they see them sit beside each other? Yeah, they'll, they'll, have, to, yeah, they'll have to be kind of, like, kind of strict enforcement, yeah. socially distant lines. But with less people, you don't have to worry about the lineups, so you can space it out. Yeah. I think I think you could sell. I think you could sell beer. I'd be. I think you sell tall boys. You know what I mean? Like that way, just whoever's working at the stands got all masked and gloved up, and then they just hand you a beer, and you got to piss off. Or yeah. alternate idea I just thought of that's terrible for business, but it would be awesome is they you you make the purchase, they give you the cups, and you pour your own beer. I was just thinking BYOB. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay. I would pay fifty bucks to allow myself to bring a sixer in. Yeah, You'd like just think of the content we could get. Think if, of the content we could get for Nation Beer if you were allowed to BYOB and just had to pay a little bit of a tax to get your own well, uh, four pack yeah. in. Yeah, I think it's a win win for that. That's just like $50 pure cash. You didn't have to buy anything to make that money. That is just like straight cash. You know what college hockey games when they stack all the cups <laughs> against the glass? Yeah. Imagine that with Nation Beer cans at an NHL mm-hmm. game. Oh, where an entire man. section is drinking Nation Beer and then they stack them up against the glass and like Cassian comes and makes a big hit and it all sh- like splatters everywhere. How that, funny would that, that be? That would be an honor. Uh, we're also talking a little bit about the upcoming NHL offseason and I want to talk a little Oilers right now. Uh, free agency is going to start October 9th. How, like, what do you think the Oilers are going to be up to in free agency? Is it going to be a super busy October 9th for them or do you think it'll kind of be like a Eh, maybe a fringe piece or two, maybe nothing, but nothing crazy going on. Well, who, uh, it all depends if ho- Uncle Ken makes some hockey trades. Because yeah. um, if he does, that can change some things uh, and also do some salary cap uh, management. But, like, who would we want to go out there and get? There's one name on the market I think I really like, and it's Eric Halla. Because yeah, the third-line center spot is a huge hole for this team. And I wrote about it the other day. He's really the only appetizing name on the market. But he's he's a UFA? Yeah. How old is he? 29. Oh, shit. I thought he was younger than that. I guess I always I, I morphed him with Alex Tuck for some reason. It makes okay. sense. But like to me, if it's not a big-name third-line center, I don't think the Oilers are going to be very busy. I could see them like in free agency, depending on how whether or not Uncle Ken makes a trade for a goaltender, maybe like a Thomas Grice. Do you know what I mean? Stopgap yeah. goaltender. I could also see him, you know, Riley Sheehan still not signed. So another fourth line center or something like that as well. Just bolster that depth. The guy who could maybe flip to the wing if you need it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Shane. That guy has got so many flashes of brilliance uh, and is really good on the PK. So I'm fine with bringing him back. Hell of a beard too. Hell of a beard. Yeah, he looks like a, he looks like a likable guy. There's guys like that. You know, when you look at an oiler and you're like, you know what? I could see myself sitting down and having a nice beer with you, and it would be a pleasant time. Shahan looks like that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's going to be interesting, though, because like according to Puckpedia.com, the Oilers have, like roughly, like I said off the top of the show, 8.3, give or take, mm-hmm. a little bit. 
you know, I mean, that's not a lot of space to sign a goaltender, Ethan Bear, Pulley Arvey, whatever that is, and plus plus, you know what I mean? So they Uncle Ken's gonna have to get creative no matter how this offseason goes. Yeah, I think well, like, it all depends on what 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 salary you can have walk out the door. Like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and uh, so if you're eight point three, some ways to get creative. Like if you decide to just go short term with Ethan Bear and it's a one or two year deal, you're probably only looking at like one and a half to two million a season. So that cuts down some cost right there to have a top four defenseman signed that cheap. If you find someone to take chase on, maybe you flip a guy like Russell out the door as well. You could find yourself in a spot where you have a lot of, you know, spending money, but if they don't move out of contract, I agree. It's going to be real, real tough. I think that there's going to be a bunch of deals for pennies on the dollar in the NHL because there's a lot of teams, not just the Oilers that are pressed up against it. So they're going to have to sell. Yeah. hundred percent. Chalmers is here. And I have some specific questions for Chalmers. You know what I think there's going to be pennies being done? Betting, because you hooked me up with a site. I deposited money, and football starts in two days, baby. Well, there was my question for you. So, like, (laughs) we were talking to Scott Hastings earlier. We got all into NFL betting. You missed it. You got to go back and listen to it, because he's a really smart guy. I was not excited for football to start a week ago. Like, I didn't give a shit. I was just kind of like, eh, like, is it going to be the same? I don't know. There's kind of a lot of stuff going on right now. And then as soon as my first fantasy draft started and I got sort of within the 24 hours of that, I was like, fuck, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I want to drink beers and watch football all day. Are you in that same boat now too? Exact same thing happened to me last night. We were having dinner. Uh, It was my son's birthday party. And all of a sudden I remembered, you know, we got an eight o'clock draft. I better start getting ready. And I started, I put on NFL Fantasy Live. I started watching a little bit and it ignited a fire in me for football season. (laughs) And I looked at my brother-in-law, and I was like, can you believe we have football on Thursday? And he's like, yeah, it starts on Thursday. And now we've got plans to go to, like, watch it at an establishment. I'm jacked up. My betting account is on swole. And I am, like, get doing my second fantasy draft. And the minute the fantasy draft ended last night, the Nation yeah. uh, Listener League, I it's all I can think about today. <laughs> Literally, I've been listening to fantasy podcasts today. I've been listening to, like, betting podcasts. I mean, things I have. I totally forgot. I used to start listening to like, you know, some fantasy football po- um, podcasts, usually right around the beginning of August, because that's when they would kind of start, you know, delving into what was going to happen. And, you know, I wouldn't be listening in June and because it's just who knows anything Too at that point, right? Especially this year when guys, you know, like the deadline to opt in was just, you know, uh, you know, the beginning of August. There, there's like there was a lot of stuff going on. Wasn't it like August 6th? Something it was like the that, yeah. was the deadline to opt in unless you had a special circumstance. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm back, and I don't know what was keeping me away. I think it was the indecite. Like it was, I guess my my fear was that it wasn't going to happen. You know that that last minute something was going to happen. Players were going to decide. You know it wasn't safe that we were there was no plan, and I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And now we're so close, and the fantasy drafts happened. Man, I'm fired up. So yeah. It hit me just like that. It hit me last night at around 7.55. And uh, 30 seconds for a pick. What would you think of that? Okay, so I'm oh, pissed. So, stressful. So I went. It was like 7.58. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make myself a drink here. I'm going to take a piss. And I'll be back at my computer for 8 o'clock. I had the sound turned on, but my computer went to sleep. So my pick <laughs> horn didn't go off. So I pissed, made myself a drink. I was like, oh, perfect. It's 8.01. I got the 7th overall pick. Should be starting right now. And I looked. Auto-drafted me Dalvin Cook. I wanted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I was like, fuck, I was pissed. But anyways, Jay, are yeah. you also fired up for football? Am I? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, 
So I, 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 I team up with an individual on fantasy teams. He drives people crazy, but he loves the research aspect, and I love the trash talk aspect of fantasy football. So uh, we got um, – and I, and I looked at our roster, and I think we made some picks that, uh, that has question marks attached to it and probably just pissed you guys off. So I'm very excited about kicking things off. I think we made some risky picks that are gonna that are gonna pay dividends, and if they do, you're gonna hear about it. Okay, wait. So I you have you someone might... you're contracting out your roster management? No, no, no. It's a team effort. So uh, you know, a... you know what I can, you know what I can relate President to. and GM. You're M. Chuck. You remember that betting documentary that we watched a lot, watched a long time ago, and um, where where they followed those four people that were they gambled yeah, yeah. professionally. Yeah. And there was the one guy who wore the uh, Bryson DeChambeau Puma style yeah. hat, and he had a guy who would come in with the computer in a suit, and they would go through the analytics of it all. And then the other guy would be the passionate one. He would make the bets. He would sit and watch the game. Well, the other guy in Jay's team is the analytical guy. He makes all the spreadsheets. He does all of the numbers. He probably doesn't even know what the players look like. He probably doesn't even know what number of teams they play on. He just knows their stats and their numbers. And then JR. We call it the list. It's the they list. They call it the list. And then JR, what he does is he involves himself with the with the management of the league and, and beating trade people and trade negotiations. And so it pisses people off that there's a two man team because it's half the buy in for 100% of the fun. But we let it slide because it's better to have these two idiots in the league than not, neither of them. So we're a necessary we evil. We, we, we exploit the loophole. And make sure there's balance in the charter. Josh, <laughs> Josh Park, are you a big fantasy football guy? I absolutely love fantasy football. I've already done three drafts. What the three. hell is a Josh Parker? What? Chalmers. Yeah, Josh Josh Parker. He's the new video guy. Oh, the guy that I waved in the truck that one day. Yeah. How the hell are you, man? That guy's got a smile that's infectious. Okay. Hey. Oh, look at that. Right got a nice little program right, here. Okay. Uh, I should set up I, I, a coffee date for you two. We're driving. I was driving that, was that nice. day, and I was not very happy that day. And I pulled up to the car, and they unrolled the window, and I was like, "What's up, boys?" He goes, "This is Josh. He's the one that's gonna be doing our videography or whatever." And this dude was just so happy. I all of a sudden couldn't be mad with there's, my day anymore. There's a reason I call him superstar whenever I see him at Oil Kings games because that he shines bright. <laughs> Does I, if I felt it in 13 seconds, Josh? Well done. Thanks, guys. So, Jeez, this, is, this is that. a nice little, this is a nice little bromance forming here. I can yeah, feel it. Wow. Chalmers, what are you this drinking is... there, man? Don't ask. It's the Red peach Bull? Red Bull. It's the peach oh. Red Bull. I thought we kicked it. I thought we kicked that habit. Jesus man. We did. We, we did. Please and then when listeners. I was in, how I was how in long? DM Aaron Chalmers and let her know of this. How long have you been back on the Red Bull train? Not just Victoria. I had a couple when I was in Victoria, uh, and the peach one. And you know what? The fact of the matter was, was I had a four pack in this fridge that somebody had bought me, and so it's not like I'm going out and purchasing them myself. You know, hey, but just because just, someone bought them for you doesn't mean they don't count. Yeah, so like if I buy if I buy you a pack of smokes, you crushing those or what? No, You're, no. See, I got a limit. You haven't been Stay smoking though, right? No. Okay, well, I'm still no, proud of you not. then. But you went All to right, Victoria. You were away from the yep. family. You forgot about why you quit Red Bull Chalmers. You forgot yes. about your loved ones. <laughs> I did. And no, don't worry. This this is just this is one of those like this is one of those like you know they're here. I see them. They're gonna go. I'm, I need. To, I'm just gonna drink this, and then we're back. So we're back to Slurpees every day and smoothies. You know, since the kids <laughs> went back to school today, it's 
It's KM smoothies now that I make myself every morning. Yeah, just going to tighten it up and move right to Slurpee. Summer, <laughs> stop the rebel in a Slurpee. Game changer. We could tra- Listen, call it the Chalmers Bulldog. I've got issues, man. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. Well, un- we're going to work un- through them together. We all have issues, my friend. Yeah, the first step is admitting the problem. Well, yeah, I, I, I admit it, all right. Uh, JR, is the one player you thought we'd not like? Do you have Kyler Murray? No. Oh, I love whoever got him. I think I can't wait to watch him this year. I Joe Burrow. Going to be. I'm Joe Burrow. Joe, Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow, and then we got the guy, uh, what's his last Armstead? Oh, no, really? Player. I like Armstead Run, that running, much? Running back from uh, Jacksonville, right? uh, Jacksonville, who has COVID. Wow, hell of a pick. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that's the pick that's going to piss you off. All right. Uh, so, Josh, you said you're in three drafts. Is that the most you'll go to? Is three the max? No, I'm looking for another one. Really? So if anyone's got another one. If anyone's yeah. looking for another add-in, I want in. I cannot do more than three. And even the three I'm in have varying levels of how invested I am. In them, just because I like have I like being able to just cheer for certain things. And like I was talking to Dustin Nielsen, he's in twenty. I was like, how is that even fun? Oh my like, you're cheering for everyone at that point every week. You're winning and losing and winning and losing. To me, if you're in more than three, I, to me it it ruins it a little. Well, the that, hardest thing I find is that like, okay, let's say I have Joe Burrow on my team in one of my leagues, and then in my other league, I'm playing against a guy yeah. that has Joe Burrow. It's like it's mixed emotion because they're like, I need him to do well, but at the same time, I'm playing against them. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't having, do too that. Many, I just... having too many leagues is a recipe to go 500 in all of them because you'll lose sight of some. And when you're doing better in others, you'll focus on them a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, if you start like, I, I always find that I do average the more leagues I have. And if the, the less leagues I have, the more I focus on them. Uh, and then if I have continuity, continuity in my lineup, which, you know, JR tonight's draft for our, this is our, this is our friends league. This is our long time league. If uh, if you guys are like me, all I have to do is just look at your roster to figure out who you're going with next from last night's draft. Because I do like to have the same guys on the team. It's a lot easier. Yeah. I draft Marvin Jones Jr. every single year. It doesn't matter. Why? Every year. Every I like him year, year I take Why? him. I don't know. He's just my guy. He kind of looks like Kyler Murray. I don't know. He's got this weird like swagger to him. He's just I, I have a like, heart connection to him now. But I need your guys' opinion on this. So the last league that I drafted, I got absolutely... Like, I got so chirped for this. It was the set, I think it was the eighth round. I had no tight end at that point. It's a one tight end starter league. And I took a flyer and I took Rob Gronkowski. That's fine. Eighth round? Gronk. eighth round, I took Gronk. And the guys I was with crucified me. I got chirped so hard. But I was like, it's the eighth round. I feel like any pick after the seventh round is a flyer anyway. Yeah. And it's like, if it pans out, it pans out. If not, whatever. I always say after I like the eighth, ninth pick. round, you need to be picking for upside. Like, because you oh, have your time. your starters are more or less picked for the Gronk pick may be different, but I don't even think he's a terrible tight end pick. I think he'll get points. I like I that's fine. I don't think you deserve to be crucified. I wouldn't have done it, Thank but you. I wouldn't rip you Thank for it. You. Well, Brady's throwing on the ball, so you yeah. know, there's, already, there's there's already that comfort and connection. So yeah. like you know he's gonna get targets. So like it's if I I'm I'm I, and plus I've always loved Gronk, so I've got a soft spot for him. So I I don't think I wouldn't chirp you only because. Last night, due to the auto pick, I took a defense. I did the cardinal sin that I have, and that was take a defense before the 14th round. And the worst part about NFL fantasy uh, draft room is if you go down to one second left and you don't make your pick and it autos it for you, 
because of some lag in your system, it turns you on to auto pick. And I didn't notice. So in the ninth and 10th round last night, I took a defense and then a kicker because, and after the (laughs) kicker, I realized my auto pick was on and I was like, nice. That's a rookie mistake. That's somebody. You got a really good kicker. (laughs) Oh yeah. Really great. Really good. Good kicker. Was it Justin what? Tucker? No, it was Luck. Uh, I uh, I still think like for why are kickers still in this thing? Like we need to fucking fire them into the sun. It's pointless. We no, kicker, kicker, yeah, but kickers could be could be what would make or break it. But it's just luck. Up. It makes no sense. You can't project what how is, good a kicker is going to be. What so you mean, would, you're, so you're saying kickers are lucky? That's a talent. If you get a kicker that gets you fantasy 20 points, kickers then, are luck. Yes. Well then, what about defense? Defense, I you think can, that's a joke too. You can no defense. You can play the matchup a little bit more, and there's a little bit Same more with skill. Kicker. No, kicker, not really. Be like I'm going to go yeah, it's matchup because like this is going to be tight scoring because of weather conditions or something. They're going to rely on their kicker in this one. I'm going to I'm going to plug this kicker in. Like you don't have to draft them early. They're not the core of your roster. But having a kicker get you 15 points versus six is luck. The difference of winning championship no it's, it's luck. luck you can have a team you can have a team lose 21 to, to fucking uh 15 and the kicker has like five field goals and you're like oh cool man like low scoring game and this dude was just in a position to get field goals all if, the, game. if the offense sucks he's not going to get chances to kick if the offense is too good he's just kicking point afters like it's it's dumb it's dumb luck no so i agree with tyler <laughs> i agree with tyler it's bad what's your, especially if you go ahead I was just going to say, especially if a kicker kicks a field goal in, like, garbage time. Like, let's say there's one second left in the first half, and a kicker kicks a field goal, luckily, from, like, 55 yards and hits it, and he gets his team, like, seven points on fantasy. If I lose because of that, that's a joke. But garbage time hurts everyone regardless of position. Yeah, but for kicker, it's just like, come on. It's the kicker. I think it's, yeah, I think it's all good. Poor kickers. I'm here to defend the kickers of this world. You are important to me and should be important to everyone. So keep kicking. You're everything to everyone, JR. Speaking about kicking, we had to shoot a video today, Josh and I, uh, and Joanne with uh, Oodle Noodle, and it involved throwing a football. And And, how's the the gun? And and throwing a football at a bunch of wildlife because we shot at Horlock Park, and I think all of the geese currently in Canada are located at Horlock Park, along with some crows, Chipmunks, chipmunks, and more geese. So, yeah, I got real down there. And how's the gun? Oh, I almost. Well, this is. I I, I shouldn't say this, but I almost got the crow. <laughs> I was What's the, the crow close? I I, I, I almost hit him right far? in the numbers. What's that? Was the crow close? Was it far? The question. Yeah, was, it was in was a tree. It was, a, it was in a tree about forty feet away, thirty feet away up above, and it you was were... just cawing during the video and. A call like and being so close and how loud they call, it was very disruptive. So I uh, tried to take matters in my own hands, and also I had to run and chase off some geese. So it should be a good video. It's gonna be a great video. What was the charity? I look again? forward. Sorry. I look. I look forward to making memes of it. Oh, there's gonna be some memes. Yeah, Josh makes sure now to embarrass me uh, extra. So yep. the uh, meme department of Oodle Noodle and Others Nation have got uh, plenty of con, plenty of stock footage to use. Thank you, Josh. I always think about you, Bag Mouth, when we're shooting these videos. I'm like, the more embarrassing things I can get Jay to do, then the better content we're going to have. And it's all about content. That's the business. What was the charity, I ask again? 
uh, kid sport. Ah, there we go. We love kid sport. Love kid sport. And we oh, yeah. love Oodle Noodle. Always. Oodle loves kid sport. And we also love Nation Beer, which is, can I call it the official beer of day drinking on Sunday while there's professional football on? Didn't use any Absolutely. specific brands. Fantasy Football Nation, let's go. Yep, there we go. Absolutely. Win or lose in fantasy football or in hockey. You drink your booze. Nation beer. Check them out. Also check out Doodle Noodle. 10% of all in-store purchases go towards local charities just like Kids Sport. That's why they're the number one nude shop in Edmonton. I want to do a call to action on on the topic of fantasy football. And I want to hear what some other people do in their leagues for what the penalty is for the last place team. Okay. Oh yeah, I this like I don't play fantasy football, but I love the punishments that come along with fantasy I football. I have been trying for years to force it to be you pierce your belly button for a year. Oh, oh, that's no, a, that's, that's a crazy fun. one. I like that. That's that one like so bad. Have you heard what of about, the Denny's uh, one? What, what about the Denny's it? one? The Denny's one. I have a bunch of buddies that are in a league that if you come last place, you have to sit in a twenty-four hour Denny's for seventy-two hours. But wow, yeah, isn't there another one? Isn't the de- like? The first Denny's one I saw was you had to sit in a Denny's for a full 24 hours, but every pancake you ate took an hour off your time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one, too. Every pancake is an hour off. So 24 hours, and then every pancake is an hour off. Oh, I'd be in there for 30 minutes. You could... Wait, how many... Their pancakes are fucking huge. You could eat 24 pancakes. Oh, buddy. I uh, Well, if, if I can channel inner youth, Jay, who is going through a massive growth spurt, I would, I would, I would crush ten to sixteen pancakes at home. I could eat ten an hour. I'd be out of there in two hours, two and two hours in a bit. Yeah, you could eat, well, uh, uh, maybe I'd go there to watch a game and just spread it over three hours. In an hour, in one hour, could I eat ten pancakes? They're big. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's another care. fourteen hours though. That's only ten hours. Oh, long. you're shocked. You don't believe. Yeah, but then I have to enough. just do another hour's worth of ten, and now I'm there for two hours, and then however long it takes me to eat four more. That's aggressive. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that good one I like. What else have it is if you guys heard? I've like I've seen the seen the walk of shame and mm-hmm. stuff. Like what we do is we normally do a a, a fantasy football trip and go to a, a watch a game, and then the loser has to dress up in. Well, now it's going to be a hot dog costume, but it's to dress up in something to mark the fact that they suck at fantasy. My buddies, just- everybody. Sorry, except to, just to go on that. Everybody then started realizing how much fun it was to dress up to games because that person was like the bell of the ball. It was and everyone. Then, then we all just started it was to dress us. up. It was the duo. The duo exploited the fact that it's fun and ruined it for the rest of the league, which is exactly what we're here for. All in their long-term belly button piercing I have some buddies that uh, it's along the belly button piercing, but the loser of their fantasy pool has to wear a dangle, like a Deion Sanders style dangly earring. They have to get oh, the I ear still have my ears pierced. Oh, I'd run that. Uh, I don't know. You got your ears pierced, Jay? Oh, as a it girl. looks sharp. Dude, dude, that was like a, uh, a rite of passage in my childhood. Oh. Like, you gotta mm-hmm. get your ears pierced. You should bring it back. Well, it's uh, I brought it back temporarily a few times on random fun trips. <laughs> My brother-in-law ran Pierce ears pretty late into his career. That's for sure. He pulled the Gregor. Yeah, does Gregor still have those Pierce ears or what? Gregor does. Oh, are you kidding me? Gregor had Pierce ears. Got a little bit of sparkle going on. Still does. Does he actually? Yeah, didn't even know that. He used to be on a billboard, right? And he had the Pierce ears billboard. That's (laughs) unreal. All right. I'm just showing Josh some photos of uh, 
football trip fast. I got to show them New Orleans. One last question for your M Chuck. Okay. What do you think of the IDP, the indep- independent defensive player? I don't like that. In a it, league. No, that's too much. I like a straight up fantasy football league, but I want to fire. I want to kick kickers into the sun. I don't, I don't want I an individual defensive player. It, it, to me, then you're adding a whole nother layer of research and all of that and the waiver wire and even a little bit of an element of randomness too. So I, I'm not a big fan, but, uh, you want to kick kickers. Yeah. I want to kick Tyler, do you want to hear the, the, the dustiest league that I'm in? Yes. One last fantasy football thing. I'm in a league. It's a dynasty league and you mm. get to keep however many players you want every year. And Ooh. for your starting roster, you have to start two tight ends and three individual defensive players. That's a deep, deep league, though. So, I mean, if you're in that, it's, uh, but yeah, two, two tight, tight ends. ends, though. That's a two lot. Two tight ends, it's a joke. How many teams are in the league? 12? 14. Holy shit. So, oh literally every tight end. <laughs> yeah, every tight end to ever play in the NFL gets drafted. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, that is a little ridiculous. Um, so what else is ridiculous? I've been here waiting patiently now that everybody's here for what was arguably, in my opinion, the most exciting episode of Big Brother all season. <laughs> oh, oh, you finally. Guys, oh, we're an hour into the podcast already, but I, I was going to say we should table it for a couple days. But Never. We've okay, been waiting fine. for shenanigans, and there's shenanigans. Okay, one sec. Finally. One sec. Previously on Big Brother. Okay, who wants to go finally. first? Finally. Finally. They, the alliances, the slick six, they're all turning on each other. And this is the moment that on Thursday I said, just wait, boys, just wait. It's coming. It's coming. And then the Sunday episode, there was some saltiness. And I was there for it. I loved it. Two things you called, or we called, was that the, the three of them, um, Enzo, Tyler, and Cody, all had to get yeah. into a room and solidify and realize that they were the three. That yeah. happened. I yeah. loved that. Then you predicted that there was going to be some fireworks, and I didn't think that what Kaser did was going to be enough to do it, but it did. And it was, I, it, finally, that's all I can say. Finally, there was a reason to watch this thing. Because everybody was rattled to the point, like in that HOH competition, they were picking within their alliance to go up and play against each other. Everybody was rattled, and I they loved so it. so thrown off, yeah. The thing Plus I Plus, you, uh, you, you throw in that BB basement. Yeah angle in the mix and it was a spicy episode the, david got his david got his uh, uh totally blacked out room redemption yeah. eh? because that was yeah. how he was trying to oh good yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was how he like that was to get back into the house right and yeah. he was yeah. absolutely terrible at it like couldn't yeah. even get out of the damn thing so um, I, I don't know i that was that was i love was a love hate i didn't really want to see him get it but i was glad he finally did some the thing i can't you know stand what? is when someone in big brother runs around like so like i'll just get danny right now right she runs danny. around she plays the game hard she plants little seeds everywhere then she gets called out for it and she's like caser is disrespectful i cannot believe that how could he say all these <laughs> things about me and she gets all defensive when it's like you have to if you're gonna play the game like that you have to know that's a risk and if you want to get defensive in public sure but to sit in the diary room and be like oh my god this is so unfair after you were the one running around trying to blow up people's games like i don't like her anymore i'm done with the, danny the thing the thing i noticed with danny is when she's lying she's very extra oh yeah, yeah. so that's why she's doing it to try to throw everyone off the set she's, you want to talk about so extra a- could you imagine being in a fight with bailey oh man. Life. she went from mad to crying to doing that like mad i'm gonna freak out crying to walking out of that room with no tears and just being normal in like 35 seconds 
Oh yeah. Well, I cannot handle that kind of emotion. Well, she she potentially might like she that's a ticking Tyler. that's a ticking tie, Bob. But Tyler's been going around. That's that's the second time and spreading information and it's blowing up in his face. Like he's got to be very careful. But man, did I want Devon to win the oh, head of hotel? No. God, she just react, like if she would that would have been fireworks this week because it would have been like she said, Danny and Nicole up there. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. And God, just Nicole just reaffirmed that she is a floater. God. Jeez. She, but me in her defense, she is the best floater to ever play this game because she doesn't do anything. Then she wins a couple of clutch comps and always ends up going far. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I want I wanted, I, so I'm, I'm cheering that Dave on that can uh, survive this week yeah. and make some noise. Cause I think, you know, I, she came to play and, and I'm, I'm now, I'm now uh, pulling for, because I just want some entertainment at the end of the day, really. Yeah. Uh, is what, and then what else, what else am I, obviously Meow Meow is making me excited. Of Christmas. Course. Christmas is kind of getting activated. I actually think she's, I thought she was just kind of laying low. She's pretty attuned to what's going on. And uh, like that whole stuff about her connection to Danny and with that little rant she had in the DR room, I'm like, okay, I'm like, she's dialed in. So Christmas could be, uh, could be dangerous here. Like in terms of going far, which I'm always happy to see. I've always had time for Christmas. Uh, And Christmas is just an excellent uh, time of year. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, just, Caser, too little, too late. You know, like I wanted to fucking love you, man. Yeah, I, <sighs> I, I was. You know what? He's guy. so cool. He's so cool. Yeah. So, he's just so calm, cool, and collected. It's about- just he got he got aged out. Yeah, I'm with you now, though. I'm Team Enzo. I'm Team Enzo right now. How could you meow meow, sweet? You I know what? A part, a part of the a part of the episode that I think was really underrated was getting to watch Ian's brain work for that. Oh, that that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yes, Chalmers. Yeah, I really, really, because I, I know how smart he is, and I know that he can come off as awkward to people, but just to watch his internal mind come out and start to explain to people what's happening, and to know that oh. he, well, you don't really know that he's not involved and he's not talking to a lot of people, but just to see people's faces when they kind of go, holy shit, like what he's saying is so, so, like, it, it, it's genius, like, if that's what's happening, and it kind of seems like that's what's happening, and how did I possibly miss it? I really oh, like that part. It's he just sat so there great. like a sponge. He sat there like a sponge for the first few weeks. He absorbed information. I like how he weaponized Kaser on the way out. Like I'm like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. right, Neil or Neil Ian. Uh, I'm like, this is good. Like, he, but he's got to be careful because he can't show it off too much to too many people because then he's a threat, dude. And he, he's going, he doesn't come off. He doesn't come off as threatening when he does it. He just comes off as like, this is what I'm seeing. I'm I'm not wrong. Use it for what you might think about it. Maybe we'll talk later. But then he had, but then he had that chat with Balin. He's like, "Should we take him down now?" This is before all the drama. But like yeah. something like that could be a slip up and could easily be spread to this side. Now, now Bailey should be, if she's smart, should be using Ian to try to save. Because I, th- I think the potential is with all, especially with all these new, um, what are these powers or whatever that yeah, they yeah, have yeah. instituted with the basement. Like, if if if, if you can get one of Bailey or Day off the block. With these powers, this could be an interesting week, and things could blow up. I think that, like, I think sorry, that sorry, with the ve- the veto that's coming up is going to be amazing because even just putting both um, both of them on the block this week, Bailey and Devon, was just like, whoa! I didn't actually think I was gonna because you know how the editing goes sometimes where they're like, well, maybe we should put these two on the block, and it doesn't really end up yeah. that way. 
I think that we've got an opportunity for some amazing blow-ups as it goes into Wednesday, Thursday's episode. It's going to be great. Tonight's going to be good. And not yeah. to drop any spoilers, but I was looking at Twitter last night because I like to check no. on Twitter and see what people are saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Feed. I'm not dropping any lightly. spoilers. No spoilers. I'm treading lightly. Don't worry. But apparently, there's some stuff going on with Tyler, and he's worried about the way that the like production is like portraying him this season. And apparently, Tyler was like going around saying, like, I'm self-evicting. I'm leaving the house. Look it up on Twitter. Yeah, apparently, he's like done. He hates no, it. Really? Cardinal rule. Yeah. Cardinal rule of Big Brother. You don't look at Big Brother Twitter. I had to. I'm addicted. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to bite you in the ass, my man. Tyler will make it. He'll get. He'll bounce back. I'm still yeah, team Tyler. Oh, I, had yeah. to, I had to safely, I safely avoided Thursday, because I, I was in Saskatchewan this weekend, and I missed Thursday and Sunday's episode. And aside from accidentally seeing Bailey trending on Twitter, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ruin anything. I was very proud. I got up very early this morning and crushed and got caught up so I could be ready for the podcast. I can't help it. I like to know. Oh. You're an impatient <laughs> I man. I am. I'm All just, right. I'm just happy. We're finally, like I said, we're finally getting yeah. to the point where Big Brother is getting spicy, and that's what I'm all about. Yep. Three yeah. boring weeks, and well, let's go. Agreed. I hope Danny can actually stay in longer because hopefully, maybe the evil dick in her comes out and she starts like blowing up her own alliances and like wins an HOH and makes things interesting. Like that's the thing. You need, you need this drama. That's the shit you crave for. Everything just goes with the flow. It's a boring season. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm hoping Danny can stay in a little bit longer and piss some people off and have some awesome confrontation and uh, maybe make some, some waves happen. I feel like Danny and Devon could go at it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, they could I feel up. like there could be some fireworks there. Oh, but if they're smart, they should work together. Use that energy together oh. and then go against. That's, that's the thing that's so interesting about Big Brother is like, you should, it's like jujitsu. Like, use their other, their force against themselves. It's like, like jujitsu? What, what do you and, like, know about jujitsu? <laughs> well, you, you, don't, you don't want to confront the force. You want to embrace the force, is what I'm saying. And you, you make sure, against your opponent. Make sure your kung fu is strong as you go and into the And it might not be jujitsu. It might be taekwondo or something. But like, oh. And I'm sorry, but you get what I'm saying. Right, I love embrace it. Embrace the energy and direct Ooh, it. Don't confront good. it. Use it to take down your enemies. I'm also reading Art of War right now, so I'm very <laughs> kind of in that mind frame. All right. You That's are good. the weirdest. Oh, okay, the well, that was good Big Brother talk. That's uh, the best. A couple topics we're saving for uh, Thursday's episode as well. Uh, Scott Hastings gave us two picks this week for the NFL. He likes the over in the Dallas-LA game and the Bears money line. I'm thinking, and Chalmers, I, I know you'll be in on this, we should introduce a lock of the week that we do every Thursday podcast, and I'll start up a little spreadsheet. I'll keep track of them. So throughout the year, we'll each give our locks of the week, and uh, at the end of the year, we'll see who did best. Oh, DJ bag milk and worst record has to get their belly button pierced, or has to go do the pancake challenge. Yeah, bag DJ bag milk is out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, then yeah, everyone's got that to look forward to for Thursday's episode as well. Uh, shout out to Japan Machinery. Great, great. Who wants, to, who, who wants to sponsor Lock of the Week? Come on, bring it in. Yep. Can we get someone to sponsor Lock of the Week for us? That would be exciting. Danny, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get Danny. We'll, we'll get, get Danny like to sponsor it. Well, I'm technically sponsored it. There you go. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of Nation Real Life brought to you by Japa Machinery. We love them very much. Check them out, japamachinery.com. All your big machinery needs, or sometimes it's a little bit of a smaller piece of machinery. Either way, Japa has you covered. 
every machine is taken care of with their uh, their top of the industry mechanics. So check them out, Japan Machinery, episode 211 of the Real Life Podcast. Oh, it's over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.